So I've had a week. How about you? Yeah, my week's been pretty boring, actually. Tell uh-huh. me about your week. My week was exciting. It started with a a rush of blood, shall we say. <laughs> a large rush of blood. A rush of blood, okay. An unexpected rush yep. of blood. I was doing... In what context? Well, I was doing like a routine... Routine? Biopsy on suspected mm-hmm. tumour. Um, Marcel tumour, so pre-medded, you know, with antihistamine and undone all the things that you're supposed to do. Felt pretty relaxed about it. It was like definitely under a layer of fat, so I made a skin incision. I was going to use a big biopsy punch, like an H, I think it was, and pushed it in, pushed it down, you know, wiggle, 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 pulled it out, thinking this is like maybe maximum 10 minute surgery, you know, a couple of holes and we're out. Pushed it in, pulled it out, was like, oh, good, there's my sample, snipped it off, and then serious like proper arterial whoosh, spray out out the hole like massive that's horrific it was not like fun. a fountain proper fountain and mm. you know had that five second pause of like oh my god what is what is this what's <laughs> what, happened what is this is this the aorta why is the aorta in the leg <laughs> no, i totally was like at that moment of like is this where the femoral artery is am i, am I, am I, am I like, oh my god! I'm on its hip, right, and I am nowhere yeah. near any major yeah. artery. Yeah. Okay, uh, we've all been there, yeah. But definitely panic, <laughs> panic stations, and so like grabbed a million swabs and like just put pressure on it, and then was like, help! <laughs> I need help in here. And so bless another one of my vets came in, one of the vets I work with, and she was like, what, what's wrong? And I was like, you need to put some gloves on. I've got a very large bleed, and I don't know why, and I have a very small hole, and <laughs> I'm gonna have to go looking for it. So I need another pair of hands. She's like, sure. She put her gloves on. I was like, you ready? And she's like, yep, sure. I took the swabs off. And you know how there's often, there was a pause, like, and she, she sort of looked at it. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's fine. And then it did Alice its thing again. Alice has lost it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then it just was like, Psh, again. Yeah. She was like, oh my oh, goodness. Oh, man. Anyway, total genius. She just stuck her finger in the hole, which was perfect because she plugged she it straight away. And so we both could have like that moment to breathe. Um, but by that point, you know, my, my, like, you know, that horrible feeling when something goes wrong or not even something, Absolutely. something unexpected happens and yeah, you get that hot rush from like, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost, yeah, you start to feel a bit sick. Yeah. Everything gets really, really quiet. Yep. Um, you get really you red feel hot like, ears. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You feel the pulse in front of your ears. Oh, it, might, yeah. it reminded me strongly of, I've. I'm trying to do some safety education with my small children. And so we've got this very large, very like quite awful poster, which is called, it's not awful, it's good, it's useful for them, called early warnings. What are my early warning signs that I'm not safe? (laughs) Tell me more. It's it's like these pictures of these children. What a fun poster. I know, I know. But this is this fine line you have to walk between. What happened to Happy Harold? That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> You've got to educate your children. Um, I'm trying to teach them, you know, how to protect themselves in situations yeah, where I'm yeah. not present. So it's yeah. it's called That's noble early sure. morning, warning signs and it's, you mm-hmm. know, Things like heartbeats fast, headache, you know, sweating, maybe a little vomit, um, hot ears, you know, sweaty palms. And <laughs> at this moment, as my colleague had her finger in this hole, where this poster flashed into my head. Yeah, like, yeah, It's like, these are like, my early okay. warning signs. I'm not safe. I need to find my safe person. <laughs> Get me out. 
I don't want to do this anymore. This is not okay. <laughs> I'm not of it. I'm not of it. Get me out. <laughs> so, yeah. It's also those situations where you know you have to fix them. Yes. Like, there's no, no other one else. option. No you one have else to fix it. it. You can't just close that <laughs> hole and just pretend that everything's fine. It's like if I put pressure on it for like 30 minutes, would that work? Because <laughs> then maybe yeah. it will look it. Yeah, I did hear a story years ago, apparently, like, and you know, hearsay one about a new grad who did that, who dropped a pedicle and then just like put pressure on the area for a really long time. And, <laughs> and it did what? And by the time they lifted the swab, it was like, okay, that's good. And then stitched it up, which is, you know, not, not ideal, but, and, and total hearsay. But um, it did, I did have that moment of thinking maybe. Yeah, and that thing does rush through your head of like, maybe I can just fix this by just closing the wound and it'll stop. Which, of course, if it's yeah. an artery, it definitely won't. Um, no. So was it an artery? What did well, you find in the end? What was it? So I went to make the skin incision bigger with her finger in the hole. She trusted me to like make a, the skin incision bigger so we could find it. And at that point I realised, and I kind of, you know, I had realised this earlier, but it was a bleeder. Like the skin vessels were really, it was a big dog, so big skin vessels, mm-hmm. yeah. lots of general bleeding, you know. It was bleedy. Yeah. It was bleedy and to, bleedy to the point that I was, I realized that I, even if I had tied whatever off that I was, you know, punched by opsid down there, um, mm. it would be very hard to tell if the bleeding had stopped unless I tied off all the other little bleeders as well, because they were pissing so much blood. So at that point I thought, okay, maybe it's not an artery, although it was pulsing when it first came out, but you know. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's fine. Hey, if the dog's still alive, it's the fine. The dog is still alive. And it doesn't have a massive bruise there. So anyway, we workshopped what we could do from here and agreed that a lot of that hemostatic cause was a good idea in the hole. <laughs> and then, oh, I know. love that stuff. I was actually going to say that. That stuff is a lifesaver. It really is. Like dentals, I love it. And that's pretty much the main place I've used it. So this was the first time I'd kind of put it in not a mouth a hole that wasn't a mouth that was bleeding. Um, But that's exactly what we did. So it was kind of, you know, we got it all ready. She's still standing there with her finger in the hole and um, it was kind of a three, two, one. (laughs) You know, she pulled the finger out and I shot a lot of the guys in and then we just sort of watched it and it worked, you know, and so then I carefully stitched it up. Yeah, that would have been hugely satisfying. Well, honestly, to stop I think, the bleeding. Yeah, it would have been more satisfying to find the bleeder. That is satisfying. I love that feeling. But... Alice, let bygones be bygones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I'll let that one go. Okay, so um, I think that there's when I was a new grad and seeing any amount of blood was just like terrifying. You know, a a bit terrifying, mm. right? Yeah, it's just a bit terrifying. And then I worked in emergency for a year and then I, I really found out what like lots of blood is what looks a like. lot of blood yeah. looks like. Um, <laughs> um and obviously like I've I've dropped pedicles uh, like you yeah, know during like spades and stuff like that. Yeah. And in big dogs, um, they bleed like nothing else. You just have to have someone, you know, close by on hand to try and, you know, stem the bleeding. So that is totally what's awkward about um people who have never dropped a pedicle is that they don't know what it looks like when it fills up with blood because it's quite different you know you can get lots of oozing from vessels and fat and all that stuff and it can still look like quite a bit of blood but if you 
properly drop a pedicle. And I shouldn't say that's what's oh, you wrong know. with people. I didn't mean to say that. Yeah, you're an awful person. <laughs> Just let them be them. But They're excellent. But I reckon, I like, there's a couple of vets who I've met who haven't dropped ever dropped a pedicle, which totally, you know, hats off to them, means they're very careful surgeons. But it also means they stay very careful surgeons because they're so concerned about doing it and if you haven't done it and you don't know what it looks like then a lot of oozing can look like maybe i've dropped a pedicle whereas if you actually drop one it the abdomen just fills up with blood like there is no hiding that bad boy happens quickly (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's right yeah and then you go searching how many pedicles have you dropped in your time (laughs) well i'm really not sure i feel like i want to share that information because i don't feel like it makes me look very good okay qualifying statement to that um Mm-hmm. My first job was doing, and hats off to my bosses, they saved me a couple of times, more than a couple of times, was fat, uh, old bitch space, basically. So, and that was a oh, lot of the worst. my so early surgical experience um, was basically when they came in, I got them, which was, again, a really good way to teach me. And they were always there to catch me. Um, but I think in my first year I dropped... Three. <laughs> <laughs> no, good on you for being honest. Oh, thanks. Um, that makes me feel like no, 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 no. I'm kidding. No, I I'm think I've dropped like three or four. Feeling in my ears now. No, 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 no. no <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm being. Um, <laughs> we need the poster. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I've I've dropped like I don't know four, maybe more. Yeah. Um, and I don't necessarily think that I had the excuse that they were fat bitch bears. I think that, I don't know, I think I was just really, really nervous about putting ligatures on. Mm. And um, I just don't, I think because I was so nervous, I was always nervous about like guillotining the pedicles and, and cutting them or something, mm. you know, I was really nervous about that. But you're right. I think once I dropped. <laughs> once you dropped two. <laughs> <laughs> you knew what it like. Once I dropped two, I was like, don't oh, worry, guys. I got this. I know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. But look, luckily I worked in a practice where, like, with you. Oh, yes. Obviously. Yeah. And I could always just call for help. And, uh, you know, the people who came to help had inevitably done it themselves or they knew how to stop it or whatever like it might me. have been, you know. <laughs> done it three, like at you. least three times before. You knew. Yeah, you knew. <laughs> uh, but look, other than that, um, obviously, you know, an acute abdominal bleed is something that you commonly see in emergency. Mm. Like, it was kind of almost a bread and butter and that really has given me, you know, I really know what a lot of blood looks Isn't like now. Isn't that mostly from um, splenic tumours? Like, do you mostly think that, yeah, that, that's always a, a major bleed from a, a... Yeah, yeah, splenic or, um, yeah, spleen or liver. Either, yeah. Mm. Yeah, liver's obviously a lot harder. I feel like you can um, spot those ones coming in the door. Like, after you've seen a couple of them, um, the, you know, pale mucous membranes fluid in the belly, you're like, oops, I know what you are. And... It's not a nice thing to have to explain to people because it's pretty shoddy prognosis generally. Um, And except I have had a couple of older dogs, like nine or ten year old dogs, that have cut the spleens out Mm. and they've had like hemangiomas, like benign hemangiomas. Yeah, right. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really good. So now it's kind of like bolstered me a bit to, you know, tell people like I know whatever the stats, I know what the stats are, the rule of thirds, blah blah blah. Mm. But you know, it does, it does happen. It does happen, and it's also (laughs) yeah like perhaps selfishly it's actually a surgery i really enjoy doing as well i really like taking out spleens i think it's a good yeah it's a good surgery it's an interesting but straightforward one satisfying yeah satisfying similar to a spade you know i think 
And I was thinking about that when you were saying about scared about putting on the glitches. What's fascinating to me about surgery is you can know all the theory. You can know every single tiny little bit of theory, but you still have to learn how to do it with your hands. You can't you can't learn how to do surgery without actually physically doing it. And maybe that's why yeah. I like it so much in some ways is that... It is a very practical skill. Particularly space because you've got to, it's that feeling of how much pressure is too much pressure, how far, how much exposure do I need to be able to put it on, how, you know, particularly how much I can pull on that ligament um, or on the uterine body, you know, all of that stuff without tearing things. Um is touch you can't learn it any other way by than by doing it over and over and over and over and over again so it's lucky it's a very common yeah. surgery <laughs> yeah totally and I was so nervous about and I'm, I'm I know that I've probably said this before but the reason I'm saying it is because I really needed to hear it when I was a new grad and when I was first doing surgery but I was so nervous about space for like the first mm. two years of my career mm. and it's only been in the last you know couple of years because I've only been out for five years um that I actually feel, you know, confident-ish in doing it. Um, but like you said, and... you said on the first podcast, it's still that moment when you start a spay because they can go yeah. wrong. Horrific. Really. And and also Easily. they can be completely qu- like quite unpredictable. You know, anatomy is different in every animal. And sometimes the anatomy takes you by surprise or, you know, you have a more than friable you know vessel that you didn't expect and so the usual pressure you apply is too much and you don't know that until you apply it you know so there's so many I think I I still have that moment of like it's going to be okay every time you know start a stay this is fine like this is a routine (laughs) surgery but someone said to me that I thought was really and was really reassuring to me again as a new grad what said to me that um a spay is the most dangerous surgery you'll ever do as a vet because it is a routine surgery and you start to treat it like a routine surgery, but it can very rapidly turn into a disaster situation. And completely, I, you know, that yeah. I thought was really good advice. So in some ways, absolutely, it's, the, it's when you stop caring or when you stop kind of being aware of exactly what you're doing at every moment that is when it becomes dangerous. Anyway, that was a lot yeah, of talking absolutely. about spays. <laughs> hey, I did three spays on Tuesday. Good you. Um, so I, I can talk about them until the cows come home. I'm impressed. Yeah. You did them fast too. So, oh, I mean, look, I didn't. If, <laughs> if you spoke to my colleagues, they would be like, look, she's not speedy, but she's thorough. But we trust her. That's the important thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, but look, I'm glad that you stopped the bleeding. That's, Thanks. Um, Me I'm too. Proud of you in actually, terms of your yeah. Lump. yeah. Me too. Yeah. And then I was even. That's good. You know what? I was proud of me because I closed that hole, and then I had that moment because with a biopsy, you really should take more than one sample, and I had that moment where I was like, I don't want to cut into this lump again. This terrifying no. lump that bleeds randomly in like massive amounts. Yeah. So I did have that pause and thought, Am I really gonna? try and get another sample here or do no. I just no I did no <laughs> thanks for the bygones be bygones oh I needed to get no, look, a diagnostic yeah, sample good, good like you. you know yeah it's I don't know it's like it's a big deal you gotta do it completely yeah you gotta do it yeah the right you don't want to waste their money and, no, and yeah and you want like, the best thing for the dog the anesthetic and everything no one wants to put 
you know, an animal under more times than you have to and all that stuff. And that was my job there today, you know, was to get yeah. biopsies. So I did. Yeah. I'm proud of you. <sighs> Thanks. Me too. I'm just await the <laughs> results now. I feel like from when you, you know, graduate, I mean, we've probably talked about this as well, from when you graduate to, you know, throughout your, like you, vets just learn so many things. Yes. And it kind of got us thinking that, you know, it would be very, we'd be very good in a zombie apocalypse. I know that doesn't sound particularly modest. It sounds very boastful, but, you know, it's true, right? Look, I am glad I have the skills I have. Like, should the worst happen, I understand antibiotics and how to administer them. I can hit a vein. I think, you know, I don't know if I can hit one in a human, but I can hit one in a dog. So I'm guessing worst comes to worst, I could probably hit one in a human. Um, I think, um, you know, if we learn anything as vets, it's try, try again. Yes. If it doesn't work, try Just something different. <laughs> Just keep around. going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll find that somewhere. That vein is yeah. hiding somewhere. Um yeah, or just try the other leg. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, or the other three. Um, yeah, <laughs> depending on how bad it gets. Yeah, I, I actually, I do believe that we'd be excellent in a zombie apocalypse, and I, I know yeah. that there's been stuff written about it, um, which I found very reassuring and entertaining as well. But absolutely, yeah. So I found something from the AVMA, which is the American Veterinary Medical Association, and it has five reasons why you want to know a vet in a zombie apocalypse. And the first one is just so true: it's that we're going to be the best out of everybody at avoiding getting bitten. <laughs> How many times do you like, I mean, every patient you're thinking about how to not get bit. And you know the look in their eyes. You learn very quickly which ones, well, I mean, there are always some that can take you by surprise, particularly cats for me. I like, you know, cats, cats, what is play biting? You know, I just, that's not true in cats. They don't (laughs) play bite. They've got little pointy teeth and they bite you, you know. Cats mean business. They do. Dogs, I, you know, I accept dogs give like a warning bite or, you know, if, uh, that's happened plenty of times, you know. <laughs> but I do love those cats, though. That like, like they they make you believe that so all they want arsy. is a little pat, no, and they like and they wipe their face all over no. you, and then all of a sudden they bite you, and it's just like you're an asshole. No. But I love it. No, I do. I don't love it. All these people who are like, that's a so love funny. bite. You just got a love bite. I'm like, no, I just got bitten by a cat. No, no, I don't think it's a love bite. I think I just like, you know, we personify all of our patients, right? Yeah. I just imagine that cat as being a human and what they would be like and I just think it's really funny that's just thinking about it like that I just look at them and I think all that they're doing is like oh yeah I like this I like this I like this now I'm done fuck off you know like it's just like, yeah just I'm done fuck you that's right it's too much stop touching me <laughs> <laughs> too much but I'm sh- quite sure funny. that human zombies would behave in exactly the same way that, that I mean if we could we could give them ketamine we could sedate them right that's like, true we could dart them there's we could easily dart them. I learned how to use a blow dart when I was at uni. No, seriously, I did. Really? Why? Yeah, yeah, because I did my gun license, and a part of that was learning how to do like a, like yeah, a full yeah, like. I know what that yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, you described yeah. it perfectly I, when you I, said blow dart. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. So I didn't need to make the whooshing noise. No. <laughs> but I. Or know. do this. Oh God, Jackie. So glad people Sorry, can't see no you one right can now. see that. No. Yeah. 
Um, yes. Uh, no. The other thing that they said was that they can take care of animals, obviously. So um, we can, How's you know, dogs for protection, horses for transportation, oh. livestock for food and labour. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, we taught all yeah. of that food, health and safety. It's got to come in useful somewhere, right? Yeah, look, I'm sure I could judge up my notes from somewhere. Um... <laughs> well, look, I'm not going to forget my abattoir visit, so I'm pretty sure that I could. Oh, God, oh, yeah. there's no way I'm forgetting that. That was traumatic. But also really um... good. I, could, I would get on my high horse about this just for a moment. I do think that if you're going to eat meat, you should know where it comes from. And I'm really actually appreciative that I got to visit an abattoir because they're so tightly controlled that if you are a general public and you want to know where your meat comes or you want to know how your meat is slaughtered, you really can't. <laughs> you really can't get in. So actually, as yeah. much as I didn't love the experience, I appreciated I appreciated the exposure to it because it's such a hidden thing. It is, yeah. Look, I, I do know what you mean, and I do, <laughs> I do appreciate. But I also wish I didn't like, go to I, an abattoir. Oh, it was just there were just so many things that were just like yeah. so disturbing yeah. and and just a bit just like sad. Just anyway, that's a depressing topic. Okay. Um, <laughs> back to the zombie good, apocalypse. Like, yeah, back to the zombie. Sorry, yep. Let's divert back. This is let's keep it upbeat. Um, number five, I thought was really good. So they can find a cure. Um, because we're experts at studying causes and distribution of diseases in epidemiology. epidemiology. So yeah. I have to say, I've, yeah. I have, I mean, I'm not saying COVID's a great thing, but it's been fascinating watching the production and testing of a vaccine in real time and it being such public knowledge because usually that stuff happens and you can access the reports and stuff, but they're really boring to read. Whereas this is like, you know, presented in a day-to-day kind of information way. Um, totally it feels a lot more tangible and yeah, yeah and stuff like yeah so apparently in America they're shortening the um, and I don't know which vaccine it is the one that you're supposed to wait three months between the one that Australia's got the one that you're supposed to wait three months between doses they've shortened it to four the weeks. AstraZeneca yeah and they're finding that that means that they've got better efficacy against oh no it's better I can't remember actually people who are vaccinated are less likely to develop those low level symptoms so oh, cool. yeah instead of it being you know like a it was quite low it was like 60 percent or something protection against developing a low level low-grade infection um now they're getting like 80 percent out of the just out of the batch that they've vaccinated in america that they're giving the dose early to so it's happening in real time oh, like wow. it's happening it's kind yeah. of amazing we can see it yeah we can see it working yeah it's cool anyway mm. sorry nerd yeah. it out there for a moment <laughs> no 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 nope nope no, love that. Ironically, I found um, epidemiology intensely boring when we started it at uni. I don't know about you. So boring. Yep. So boring. Right? Awfully boring. It was really The most boring. boring. But now um, it's fascinating. I think because it's just a lot of statistics. like at uni, it's just a lot of statistics yeah. and like graphs on a page. Yeah. And, and especially, well, I don't know when you did it. We did it in fourth year, which is the penultimate year. And by that stage, you know, my... I'd been at uni for like eight years Forever. and I was really tapped out. <laughs> there was nothing holding my attention really and definitely definitely not a graph. Oh, yeah, no. I, I think we did it earlier but I think I'd been traumatised by statistics in second year and just knew that they were not my bag at all and that I barely scraped through getting past that subject so I was terrified when they reappeared in I think, I think yeah. it was third year for me. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I didn't love that. And our um, our coordinator for it was called Veterinary Public Health. 
our coordinator was so just intensely she was so intense she was so I mean this is awful she was she was amazing at what she did she was great all that kind of stuff but no one shared her enthusiasm and that really got that really grinded her gears and yeah that does sound awful in retrospect doesn't it she was just very passionate but she was when other people weren't as passionate as she was she would get kind of cranky and she would like you know anyway whatever (laughs) no I need to hit what did she do hit people with a stick like no, 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 no. She just would always have like a roll call. And so there were certain um, like lectures or classes or whatever. And if you weren't there, then you would be marked down a certain amount yeah. or you would fail the it's subject. Like, or I can't remember what there the like 100 thing was. In your year? Did you spend like 20 minutes doing a roll call at the beginning of the lecture? We all had to like fill out a form or something. Oh Look, gosh. I don't actually oh, know if yeah, I was there or not. Too. No, I, I actually, <laughs> they passed around a piece of paper. I'd totally forgotten that. I've blocked a lot of uni, clearly. Wow. Yeah, fair. Anyway, yeah. epidemiology definitely is fascinating when you don't have to do the it statistics. Is really fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Is, you know, if you're just watching from afar, yeah. basically. Just when you get the interesting stuff, yeah. not the, you know, not the boring stuff. No, and also vaccines are so cool and amazing and how clever are humans. Yeah. That's just basically the moral of that I mean, story. clever in some ways, you know. Sure, yeah. but in regard to developing vaccines, super clever. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just being contrary. I know. Yeah. <laughs> So what did you do to relax oh, from your... Well, no, uh, like segue, good segue, because yeah, I, cool. did, um, yeah. I did really want to talk about... So I go through phases with books and I went deep into a uh, post-apocalyptic phase where I read a bunch of post-apocalyptic novels, which was That actually, says a lot about you. Wow, it was really depressing and I got to a very bad place about humanity for a while there, but I'm out of that now. Um, because That's good. I read one that was very good that was called Leave the World Behind and it was beautifully written and very atmospheric. So really you felt like you were in that moment and it was about basically that moment of shift where something's gone wrong but no one really knows what it is and sort of like slightly bad things start happening and that was really cool. So that's a good one. You should read that one. Although it was fairly depressing. Um, The other one. So you have to be in a good headspace. Yeah, don't read it if you're feeling sad or not great about the world um, or climate change. Um, <laughs> the other one was a really nice mix of like almost like chick chicklet, you know, light, fluffy, entertaining and then kind of fairly sick post-apocalyptic <laughs> novel. Um, and it's called Last One. At- Interesting combo. Yeah, I know. But it's, called, it's a great title as well, Last One at the Party. You know, perfect. Yeah, you know, okay. Because it's about a woman who there's a plague basically and human humanity is wiped out. Um, but she isn't affected for some reason. But it's written f- f- from, I don't know, it's just very well done in the sense that you can, you sympathise with her, but you also kind of don't really like her in some moments. Um, there are some very poignant scenes, but because you see them through her eyes in the first half of the novel anyway, where she's basically just fairly pissed off and, and essentially also waiting to die because she's sure at some point, even though everyone else around her has died, that she will also get this virus and she's, you know, kind of wandering around wondering why it hasn't happened and also taking a bunch of drugs because... No one's there to stop her. What else are you going to do? <laughs> well, that's her theory anyway. Um, but it, you know, it was a really interesting read in terms of, well, what would you do? You know, and like all those rules and boundaries that you can't cross 
in everyday society and also what skills and the other thing you know related more to veterinary being a, a nice skill to have in a zombie apocalypse was all the skills she didn't have so that was also fascinating she really didn't know how to you know she wasn't a practical person and all vets are practical people you have to be a practical person to be a vet because so much of your job is being practical um mm. and so it was interesting to think well why did why did she do that or like i wouldn't have done that or go do this you know go find a small holding quick <laughs> you know set up house which you know quick well, like right that's what i'd do that's what you'd do you'd be like where are all those animals that i'm gonna need to survive and fresh running water and you know, which doesn't do any of that for ages so well look i don't know that i would think to do that but um i'm you know i'd, I'd probably just call you if you say, were still around need me, clearly <laughs> i'd need you yeah you don't just need a bet you need um, me <laughs> you specifically That's right. um my recommendation this week is a book called the spy and the traitor oh. which is a biography about a russian kgb agent who ended up being a double agent for mi6 mi5 or mi6 i'm pretty sure mi6 is the international one anyway it reads like you know a john le carré is it john le carré le carré i think the Carey, one of those uh, novel, and it's amazing. Like it's incredibly gripping. It's a true story, obviously. Um, there's photographs of his, you know, career and his journey, like his life and you know his family and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's very good. It's very good escapism that feels mm. like you're becoming more learned. because oh, it's a biography. <laughs> yeah, it's set during the Cold War era, obviously. Uh, it's a lot of espionage and a lot of just really, really interesting stuff. Cool. Really, really cool. Okay. So that's my that's my escape for the week. Well, if I liked biographies, I might read it. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> so. I'm so glad you're on board. <laughs> you're so supportive. <laughs> hey, look, you're not recommending it to me. Let's be realistic. <laughs> you know, that's like, true. Yeah, it's that's all true. about it's completely lost on you. Many, many listeners who are you are recommending it uh, to. So many listeners. <laughs> <laughs> And some of them might like biographies. I mean, you know, can't hold it against them. Exactly. Who knows? Yeah. Cool. Good work. On that note. Time to say goodbye. So to say, yep. I'll talk to you next time. See you then. Bye. Bye.